And, uh, and the Lord really dovetailed those two messages. Uh, they just went hand in hand from Sunday into Wednesday. And, um, and this morning, I, I want to continue with that same vein and that same thought and that same idea. Missions is, is really, it's all about one thing. And that is being concerned and burdened for lost people all over the world. Whether they live right here in Massillon, Ohio, or whether they live in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, or Iceland, or Germany, or Africa, or Asia, or any other country, the fact of the matter is that we ought to be burdened, that we ought to be concerned for the fate of the lost. It's of utmost importance. Uh, as far as what we do about that, uh, boy, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we need to get involved. And, and what, how can we uh, do something about it? Well, one of the things that we've been talking about all month long through the month of, of March uh, is missions. And, uh, and you and I, we may not be able to go to Germany and speak German language. We may not be able to go to Asia, the many different places over there and the many different languages that are very difficult to learn, uh, we may not be able to go, but what we can do is give of our financial support so that somebody else can go. Uh, I've often, I say this, I, I, didn't, I don't think I said it this month at all, but, uh, but missionaries need financial support. Brother Andy just doesn't go over to, uh, uh, to Puerto Rico and uh, go to the grocery store and fill up his cart and then go up to the register and say, I'm a missionary. Oh, you're a missionary. Well, you get a pass. You just go through. Hey, it doesn't matter what you take. You just take whatever you need and you're fine. It doesn't work like that, does it, Brother Andy? No. Uh, he gets up to the register and you know what? They're like, money. I'm a missionary. I don't care who you are. <laughs> we still got to sell our food. Uh, they don't, the electric bill, you know, still comes due. The water, all of those things have got to be paid for. And so uh, one of our responsibilities as a church is to financially support missionaries to enable them to be able to live on that country and preach the gospel to those people that they are reaching. That's our privilege. We get to do that. By the way, that's probably one of the easiest parts of reaching the world. It really is. I mean, to, to go to work, take our money, and, uh, and take some of that and say, you know what, Lord's impressed on my heart to give to missions. That's really an easy part, to be honest with you. Um, and then that's, that's for out there. That is for Asia. That's for England. That's for uh, uh, Germany. That's for all those other countries, uh, South America, Central America, uh, that are all around the world that we physically cannot go to and we physically cannot reach, but we can support missionaries who can go there. But what is our part right here in Maslin? That's what I want to look at this morning. What is our responsibility? Because the truth of the matter is, you do not have to go to South America to find lost people. You do not have to go to Germany to find lost people. I can assure you there are lost people in those countries, but there are lost people right in this town, in Massillon, Ohio, in Perry, in Navarre, in Jackson, in, uh, in Canton, North Canton, and all of the surrounding communities. You do not have to go very far to realize and understand that there are lost people all around us. 
And all of the money that we give for missions is not going to reach those people right here. It's not. It goes out around the world, which is our biblical responsibility. But God has charged us with a responsibility to reach the people that are located right here. That's our responsibility. And so we need to be burdened uh, and understand this. And I, I hope to stir your heart this morning. I'm not going to preach anything new. Matter of fact, I, I was thinking about it. And, you know, nine times out of ten, uh, we don't need something new. We just rem we need reminded of basic fundamentals. Last year, I got my motorcycle out. I drove it all, all, all year round and uh, all summer and the nice weather and stuff. And, uh, and, and I, my gas mileage was pitiful. I'm like, there's just something. This is the biggest motorcycle I've ever owned. I've never had one that big. And, and I'm like, there is just something wrong with this. And, and so I, I try to clean out the carburetors and this and that. I tried all these different things. And, and at the end of the season, you know what it was? My air pressure was low on all my tires. You know, it's basic. I should know that. Check your air pressure. I mean, I, I should know that. But it's oftentimes those basic things in our Christian life that will catch us off guard, that kind of slip out of sight and slip out of mind, and, and we don't pay attention to those little minor things that are so important and fundamental and essential to Christianity. Those are the things we got to pay attention to. Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 19 this morning. I want to take our text here. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell... He lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus receiveth e uh, evil things, uh, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that Thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he saith, and he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to gather in your house around your word. God, I pray that you would use me this morning. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that each and every heart would be touched, would be moved, would be stirred with a passion for lost souls. God, I pray that you'd speak to us, help us to be submissive to you and obedient in all that you'd have us to do. And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. As we look at our text this morning, it is not a desirable topic, to be honest with you, that, uh, that we enjoy. It's not an enjoyable topic that I enjoy preaching on. I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't enjoy this passage. Matter of fact, there are plenty of other passages that are far more enjoyable in Scripture than this one. But, but we cannot ignore the things that are unpleasant just because we do not like them. They're written in the Word of God. And we've got to pause and we've got to take our time to look at these things. And I want you to notice the, in this passage, uh, and I want to make this very clear because there are some people that would just uh, would relegate this away as a parable from Jesus. And this is not a parable from Jesus. Jesus never used names in a parable. And so this is a true account of a Lazarus who is named and a rich man that is not named. It is a true life account of what has taken place. And he starts off here, and notice in verse number 19, and there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And I want you to notice that there was two of these fellows that are there and, and their life was extremely different. For Lazarus, it was that of hardship. It was that of, uh, of poverty. It was that of not having much. And, and for the rich man, it was that of luxury and ease and having everything that he would need and want in his lifetime. But listen, this morning, uh, those, two, those two very different lives and very different people uh, did not find themselves in the location that they end up in this chapter because of the way that their life was lived. Lazarus did not go to, uh, go to Abraham's bosom because he was poor and poverty-stricken. And the rich man did not go to hell uh, because of his riches, or because he was rich, rather. Uh, though I would say this, and the Bible even says this, uh, that it is hard for somebody who is rich to go to heaven. Why is that? Because they're really, their trust is placed in their wealth, by and large. Uh, I've been in poor societies and I've, I've uh, ministered in, in, in well-off societies and I've found that, generally speaking, poor people will respond more readily to the gospel of Jesus Christ than an established community. Uh, why is that? Because generally speaking, those who are well-off say, i got everything I need. I'm not interested in what you have. I've got it. And I'm fine the way I am. That's kind of how they think. 
But I want you to notice about these two people is the decision that had to have been made in their life. There was two different destinations where they ended up. Well, the basis for that is two different decisions that had to have been made in their lifetime. The Bible says in John 3, 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. This morning, hey, listen, Lazarus did not end up in heaven in Abraham's bosom uh, because uh, he just happened to be poor or this or that, but rather he had a faith in Jesus Christ for his salvation. The Bible's very clear about that, not in our text, but all over the other scriptures. The Bible's very clear. It says in John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no way to get to heaven. There's no way to get to the Father unless you go through Jesus Christ and him alone. There's no other way. The Bible's very clear about that. A lot of people, I, I was looking, I was reading over Matthew chapter 23 and verse, uh, verse, I think it starts along verse 20 or somewhere in there. And man, Jesus is, he is tearing up the, the Pharisees and the scribes. And he says, uh, and there you go through and you can count the times. I don't remember how many it was, but he says, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. And he tells them something that was wrong in their life. And then he goes on and says, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. And and then he goes on and tells them something wrong. And he continues that whole thing all the way down through verse, I don't know, 39 or so. And, and you can go back and read it. And what was he saying? Hey, the religious leaders had developed a system that was so far from God. He says in that passage, ye make proselytes, but you have made them twofold a child of hell, the Bible says. Why is that? Because they had pulled people into their religious system that had nothing to do with God or salvation. That's what happened. And I'm just saying that today there are a lot of religious systems that will pull you into something that will teach you, hey, you've got to do this and, and you've got to uh, jump through this hoop and jump through that hoop and jump through every other hoop under the sun in order to earn your way to heaven. Listen, the Bible is very clear that Jesus Christ is the only way to get to heaven. It's not by a religious system. You can be baptized in our church. That's not going to save you. You can become a member of our church. And while we try to keep people, only people who are saved as members of our church and, and things like that, the fact of the matter is becoming a member of Anchor Baptist Church is not going to save you. Because Jesus Christ alone and his shed blood on the cross of Calvary is the only thing that can save anyone. And there had to have been a decision that was made at some point in Lazarus' life where he says, hey, I trust and I believe in God, just like Abraham. The Bible says, and Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Hey, listen, same thing here. And, and, and the rich man, maybe he made a decision to reject Jesus Christ. We don't know. Again, the text does not tell us. But he could have made a conscientious decision. Maybe somebody tried to give him a gospel track and, and he said, oh, no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. I'm not interested. I've had that happen many a time in my life. Maybe somebody tried to witness, I'm, I'm, I've got my religion, I'm all set, I, I, I'm not interested. 
And, and he shuts you down before you can ever uh, get a chance to witness to him. And, and maybe that took place. We don't really know. Maybe this. Maybe he never even heard about Jesus and salvation. You say, Pastor, what's happening? Hey, listen, the people who don't hear, you know what's going to happen to them? They're going to die and go to hell. That's why it's so important we send missionaries. That's why it's so important we reach the lost. That's why it's so important that we witness to those that are around us. Hey, listen, ignorance is no excuse uh, for, for uh, breaking law. You, you, you ask the next police officer that pulls you over for speeding. Officer, I didn't know the speed limit was 65 or 55 or 45. And you know what I'll tell you? Ignorance is no excuse for breaking the law. And I'm just saying that there was a decision that had to be made uh, from these fellows. And there was a decision that must have been uh, given to them. And I want you to notice this. Not only the decision that, that obviously had to have been there from the results of where they landed and where they ended up. But I want you to notice this in verse number 22. The Bible says this. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. The next verse says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. I want you to notice this, that both the poor man and the rich man, they both died in their life. Hey, listen, life is short. The Bible tells us that uh, James 4.13 says, Go to now ye that say, uh, Today or tomorrow we will go into such city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And what I'm saying is, listen, our life is short and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter how, uh, how well off or prominent you may be. It doesn't even matter how old you are. Listen, I, I read uh, just this in the news this morning, and I didn't forgot the details, but of a young person who passed away. And what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what age you are. Death is no respecter of persons. It's no respecter of age. It's no respecter of wealth or poverty. It just it comes upon every person. And the Bible is very clear that at some point we are going to meet death in our life. Listen, the, the greater sad truth is for Lazarus, his lost neighbor, the rich man, also has an appointment with death. And he didn't know the Lord as his personal Savior. And I'm just saying that our life is brief and we don't have eternity. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, And it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. I'm just saying that, hey, once somebody dies, there's no opportunity for them to go back and say, you know what, I, I think I messed up in my lifetime and I want to get some things fixed. Hey, once that, that, that person passes away, it is too late to go back and change anything. Both these men died. And you know what? The next thing says, and 
One was in, in Abraham's bosom and the other was, the Bible says, and he lifted up his eyes being in torments. It was instantaneous. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those that are saved. And for those who are lost, hey, it's instantaneous. Uh, they, they find themselves waking up as the rich man did here in hell. And I'm just saying that we have an appointment with death. Everyone has an appointment with death. And death is the door into eternity. And there's no other opportunity after that. We see the decision that must be made. We see the death that is coming for all man. But I want you to notice as the primary part of the text deals with the destination that they ended up. I want you to notice, we'll look at just briefly here. The Bible says in verse 23 and in, uh, go back to verse number, yeah, verse number 23. Um, no, verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Let me just pause here and give you the, what is that? Abraham's bosom, the Jews referred to it as Abraham's bosom as a place of rest for those who uh, trust in God. And many of the Old Testament saints were there. And, and this was before Jesus Christ had died on the cross and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. And, and after that, hey, listen, uh, I believe it was just a holding place for that. Until Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, died, was buried, and three days later rose again victoriously. And those people then were taken to heaven. Listen, he was there immediately. I looked up, I thought, what does the Bible really say about heaven? And I looked up just real quickly, and we know this, that listen, heaven is the abode of God. It says, our Father, which art in heaven. And we know that God lives in heaven and uh, we know that the angels are in heaven and the Bible says that the angels that are up in heaven are, are worshiping God constantly and, and heaven is a place that, uh, that is there and, and the Bible says that Jesus went on in John 14, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And so it's a place that Jesus is preparing for those who are saved. And listen, the Bible does tell us that treasures can be laid up in heaven. We ought to lay up our treasures in heaven. It's something that, that is there. And, and certainly heaven is a pleasant topic. And by the way, my, uh, my grandfather got saved. And, and, and on my dad's side, he was the first one of our family. Prior to that, boy, our family was a mess. And my dad gives testimony as an eight-year-old boy how he saw the, uh, the, the cigarettes thrown out and the beer cans thrown out and, and a Bible brought into the home. And they started going to church. And there was a change in that home because Jesus had saved my grandfather. And they started going to church and and I thank God for that. That allowed me to grow up in a Christian home my whole life and not experience that kind of stuff. Praise God for that. I'm grateful for that. And I'm just saying that, hey, hey, listen, my grandfather, when he died, you know what? He's off in heaven. I look forward to seeing him someday. My grandmother's in heaven. I look forward to seeing those who have gone on before and for those of us who are saved and have relatives that have passed on who are saved. Hey, listen, uh, what a great reunion that'll be to be able to get together with those people. And listen, it's not just family, but man, I look forward to meeting some of the Old Testament saints. I don't know about you. Man, I want to talk to Moses. I want to see about it. I want to see that. Uh, I hope they have replay in heaven. I don't know if they do. But I want to see that Red Sea. 
divided open. The nation of Israel going across. I just think it'd be cool to watch. I'd love to talk to David. I'd love to talk to Elijah and Elisha, those old prophets of God. Paul, the apostle Paul traveled over. Bless God, what a great, great blessing to our life to read about the apostle Paul, all that he did. Someday, if you're saved, hey, we'll meet him. We'll talk to him. Then Jesus, boy, to see, have our faith met. We sing that old song, face to face. To be able to stand face to face with Jesus Christ. Man, what a, what a wonderful experience for those of us who are saved and born again and we know the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we've got a lot to look forward to going to heaven. Uh, bless God. Uh, you won't need your glasses anymore. Uh, you won't need your walking stick anymore. Uh, and praise the Lord, our bodies, the Bible tells us, will be changed. And, and bless God, uh, man, to be done with all the ailments of this world. Hey, that is a blessing. That is something that we can, as saved people, we can look forward to. Uh, what a great time. And listen, uh, the Lazarus, he's already there. Man, he's not, a, he's not a poor man anymore. He's not sitting at a, at a rich man's gate begging any longer. Uh, he's in, in a place called heaven. And certainly that's a wonderful destination for those of us that are saved. And there's nothing wrong with being content with that and being happy with that. We ought to be. We ought to look forward to that. But we cannot ignore the fact that hell exists. The Bible says that the rich man, in verse number 23, the Bible says this. It says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. I just want us to take out of this passage a little bit of the truths of what hell is. Listen, the Bible says in verse 23 that it is a place of torments. Look with me in verse number 24 at the last part. He says, for I am tormented in this flame. Listen, hell is a place of eternal torments. It is not a place that is enjoyable. So many people make light of hell, especially lost people, worldly lost people. They don't know anything about it. Oh, my friends and I, we're going to party in hell. Listen, this rich man, he was not partying in hell. Matter of fact, the Bible says he opened his eyes being in torments. And the Bible says that there were flames that tormented this man. And what I'm saying is hell is a place of eternal torments. Uh, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, man, they would wish to die, but cannot die. They would wish to escape, but they cannot escape. Hell will just continually torment them. And it's a place of fire. In verse 24, it says that uh, I'm tormented in this flame. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 14 and 15, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark in his name. Listen, it's a place of eternal torments where the flames and the, uh, and the smoke continues to ascend and there's no rest from that. The Bible is very clear, neither day nor night, it just continually is in pain for those people who are in hell. It's a place of torments. It's a place of fire. 
It's a place without relief. You notice there in verse 24, he's crying out and he's saying, Hey, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. He said, Hey, I just want just one little drop of water on my tongue. Just one drop of water to help alleviate my pain and my suffering and my torment that I'm feeling night and day without relief. He's saying, hey, I, I just want something that would cause me to not have this uh, constant anguish with which I am in. And he was asking even for just one drop of water. Verse 26, the Bible says, Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. It is a place of no escape. Hey, listen. They will cry out night and day out of pain and anguish. And it is a place where they will not be able to get away from. It is a place where uh, they will be stuck for all of eternity. Not only that, but notice here in verse number 24. Look at what it says. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Verse 25, but Abraham said, Son, watch this, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. You know what's really sad? It is a place of remembrance. Amen. Could you imagine being in a place called hell, suffering day and night, and perhaps your mind goes back to a time that maybe somebody tried to give you a gospel track. Maybe they tore it up and threw it down. Maybe they crumpled it up and threw it away. Maybe they, 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 they read it and said, man, I don't believe that stuff. Maybe they sat in a church service and heard preaching sometime, and they walked out of the doors lost and said, I'm not going to turn my life over to Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to trust the Lord as my Savior, and and they'll be in hell, and they'll remember, oh, the opportunity that perhaps they had. Maybe they'll remember that nobody told them. They didn't know anything about Jesus. And they didn't have an opportunity. And oh, how they will have wished that somebody would have given them a gospel track, would have opened their mouth and testified to them. But they'll remember. He remembered his brethren. He remembered Lazarus. Bible in verse 24, he says, he says uh, Lazarus had his good things, or had his, had his, uh, had, was in poverty. He'd walk out his gate every day and see Lazarus, poverty-stricken, sitting at his gate. He'll remember those things. And for all of eternity, he'll be plagued with the torments of hell, fire that cannot escape, no relief, no escape, and just setting with his memory of everything that took place. Listen, this morning, if you could peel back the floors and, and have a glimpse into hell, you would find that rich man still there this morning, screaming out in torments and in flames, recalling all of maybe the opportunities he passed up to receive the Lord as his personal Savior. 
I'm just saying there's a destination that they will go and listen. I'm not preaching to the lost this morning. I'm preaching to the saved. We, you and I, who are born again, we need to open our eyes to the realization that hell is a real place. And listen, we go day in, I go day in and day out, and, and we push it out of our minds. We don't pay attention to those little things. Why? Because, man, it's an unpleasant thought, to be honest with you. It's not an enjoyable thought to think about hell. It's not something that I enjoy talking about. But listen, it is a real place, and there are real people today that are burning and crying out in hell and saying, hey, uh, listen, I wish somebody would have told me about Jesus Christ. They're in torments, but listen, that's not the only thing I want you to notice in verse number 27. Look at what this rich man is crying out. He says in verse number 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torments." Not only is there death, uh, not only is there a decision that they must be shown, not only is there death that's going to be knocking on their door soon, not only is there a destination that they're going to spend all of eternity in that place, but listen, the people that are in hell this morning, they have a great desire uh, that other people would not come to this place. This rich man that was in hell, he was crying out to Father Abraham. He's saying, hey, send Lazarus to my brethren. Hey, send somebody over to my, my, my brother's house. I've got five brethren, and I don't want them coming to this place called hell of eternal torments. The truth and reality of hell this morning is there are people who are crying out and saying, hey, go tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. I don't want them to come to this place. I don't want them to suffer in these torments. I don't want them to die and come to this place. Hey, go tell somebody else because I don't want them burning for all of eternity. And the people that are in hell have a desire to see other people saved. And meanwhile, we go day by day. The answer, I carry tracks in my pocket, I try to. I, I don't like non-pocketed shirts, I call them anti-gospel shirts. I, I just, I try and put tracks right there. But we go day by day throughout our life without a single solitary thought as to the lost. You and I both. I'm just as guilty as you. We get caught up in life. We get caught up in this project and this thing and that thing that we're doing. And, and yes, I know we have to live life. I'm not advocating you stop living your life, but I'm saying we need to be reminded that there is a hell where people will spend all of eternity and you and I have the answer that will keep them out of there. And with that answer, we have a great responsibility to tell other people about Jesus Christ and how he died on the cross of Calvary. Could you imagine if somebody had the answer to cancer, carried it around in their pocket, walked up and down the hallways of hospitals, and never shared it with anyone? 
you, you'd find out, I'd be mad. My grandmother died of stomach cancer. Well, I'd be mad. I'd be upset. I'm just saying, we have the answer. Well, they're not always going to listen. No. But the least we can do is to tell other people and try to make them understand and realize Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his precious blood, was buried, and three days later rose again. We'll celebrate Easter next Sunday. And he did it so that they would not have to die and go to that place called hell. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. I know it's not a pleasant topic. I know it's not a pleasant thing to think about. But it's a necessary thing that we need to have put in front of our face from time to time. To be aware of a lost and dying world. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, I, I pray that we'd have a glimpse of hell in our life. God, so that we could have a compassion and a desire to see other people saved. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. I ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart this morning, the altar's open. Maybe you want to pray for somebody. Maybe you want to pray that God would make you a better witness. Maybe you need to pray for boldness. Maybe you need to pray that God would help you. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Preacher, I don't know the Lord as my own personal Savior, and I'm concerned that I may end up in that place called hell, and I don't want to go there. I want to be saved. There would be anyone like that. Nobody's looking around. If there would be one that would say, Pastor, I, I need to be saved. I would like to be saved. Just raise your hand. Slip it up. Slip it down. We'll not embarrass you. Is there anyone? I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're too shy to raise your hand. I urge you. I encourage you. Don't leave here this morning without knowing for sure where you will spend eternity. It's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face the things of this world will grow so dim in the light of his glory and grace I don't know about you but I'm glad that Jesus died on the cross shed his blood for my sins
rose again so that I could be saved and I don't have to go to that place. I'm great. There's nothing wrong with being grateful for that. But may we not lose sight of the fact that others are going. We, we have the answer. We need to intervene. We need to do something. We need to tell somebody. We need to leave a gospel track. Talk to people. 